We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Another episode of Coronations of Bangarangs and Daggers, a podcast dedicated to the wonders and joys of what we like to call Nebraska. I am Patrick Gerhart, and with me is Nate McHugh. Nate, how are we tonight, man? Oh, it's getting pretty late. I'm kind of tired, but you know what? This we can't just quit, you know, in our second podcast episode. So, you know, the, the train's got to keep going. We we made it through our first one. We we're on our second one, man. What are you doing to get through the night? Well, I, I'm trying not. You know, I'm reading a book right now. Actually, it's called uh, "Why We Sleep." It's about the science of sleep and how important it is to us, and uh, I, it's making me not want to use caffeine right now. And so I'm kind of holding off. Uh, and you know, anyways, this is a, I told my wife this, this book might actually end up getting me to go to bed early. Um, and she said that would be great. So, you know, I, over the last year, I've started reading some articles here and there talking about the benefits of sleep, eight hours, how deep and all that stuff. And, and all I can think of is honestly, like none of these people who have written these have kids. I have kids. You have kids. We don't get sleep, Nate. Oh, oh yeah, you can have the plan to go to bed. You know, let's say the kids need to go to bed at eight thirty. You know, you might have the plan. Okay, then I'll read a book for half an hour and go to bed at nine. And then you have like my last weekend, where my daughter is behind as far as her teeth coming in and this past weekend uh, I think four or five teeth came in and so we she was up all night crying and so the next day my wife and I took turns taking naps because we were so tired yeah so it, it, you know you can plan all you want but your kids are going to decide when you're going to go to bed or not it, it's tough. It's tough. The last two weeks when we've been recording this podcast, we've been starting at nine and we keep pushing it to nine thirty because my kid doesn't like to go to sleep. So it's everything gets pushed, especially once you start having kids. But you know, sleep is important. I, I still am under the belief that it's overrated, though. Um, once once my kids start sleeping, I'll start reading those books again. But I've I've historically gotten actually away pretty well with five, six, five, six hours per night. You know, I think one of the lines in the book was um, that, you know, they say, oh, you know, people will say, oh, I can sleep um, when I'm dead. And then the next line was, well, you're going to be dead. You're going to be dead sooner than later then, you know, or something. <laughs> so you can find is, out sooner or later. Is, is there a minimum? Die, or, it seems like, is there a minimum? Because it seems like everybody's a little bit different. Um, I've read about the first fourth of it. So, um. From what I can tell, he, uh, the the author is saying, well, do you have these signs like you know, you know, drowsiness and all that? Uh, that's going to tell you whether you're getting enough or not. So he hasn't put a number out yet, at least. Gotcha. I I imagine it's per person because my wife needs more sleep than I do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm about as cranky as anybody when I'm when I'm 
when I've underslept, but it seems that my wife can, needs more sleep than I, I do, and I can get away longer with fewer hours. And I've kind of always been that way, and I don't know why. You know, my Are you wife, a morning person? Um, I can be. I actually enjoy getting up in the morning when I do. Um, I, I like, but I need a reason to get up. I, I can't, I have yet been to been, been able to just, oh, wake up at 530 in the morning just because, you know, it's for me when I wake up, I want to get started and I want to leave and, you know, go to work, drop the kids off and all that. And I'm just, you know, I can do whatever, but I can't just sit around at home. I got to be doing something. So it doesn't work out as well for me. Makes sense. That makes sense. Whoa, was that me or you? I heard something, but <laughs> I have no idea. We'll see if that comes across in the recording. I doubt I heard, I heard that. It. I heard what I heard it. It was pretty loud. Whatever it was. Anyway, we should probably move on to more important matters. It's um off seasons for sports can usually be pretty dull, pretty boring. When it comes to Nebraska ball, this has not been a boring offseason, has it? No, this is uh, quite the opposite. Uh, the fact that they're going to have one player returning who played for Nebraska last year on the entire roster. I, I mean... It, that, is, that is if Isaiah does go all the way to the NBA. Yeah, I, I assume he will. Um, you know, what... One, you know, one of the the writers in, for Corn Nation uh, in the Slack chat room said that, you know, if a an, if his agent gets paid by commission, then he's going going to the NBA. And I thought, you know, if Roby was paying me nothing, I would tell him to go to the NBA. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the, generally the NBA shies away from seniors because they think that they've probably already reached their potential you know, to an extent. And uh, so if you can get like a a high first round, low second round grade, you got to go. NBA looks at these players and they're saying, if you are a senior and you're still playing college ball, the chances for you going to the NBA have passed. They they basically look at it as if if it doesn't happen by now, it's not going to happen. Correct. Yeah, it, especially if you got a low first round, high second round grade, they're gonna take someone younger than you. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna have more years. You have less wear and tear on your legs. Um, I'm sure there are examples. I'm trying to think. Draymond Green, if he stuck around all four years, I, I'd have to to check that. But most of the time, if you're good enough to play in the NBA, they know that by the time you're, you know probably in high school, you know, freshman, sophomore year of college. Uh, but there are exceptions, and maybe he could be one. I'd love it as a Nebraska basketball fan if he would come back, you know. I I almost wonder if, if huge. Co- yeah, if, if coaches, because what, what they could probably do for him is get him to be a better th- – outside shooter because if he could shoot better from the outside then he could become a first round pick next year he's athletic enough and i think the nba would be drooling over him if he had a better outside shot and that hoiberg could sell him on that certainly hot or cold player he's a phenomenal athlete but yeah no he needs to improve his shooting uh he when he's hot 
he can hit anything, but when he gets frustrated, it's almost as if it's a, it's a mental thing with him beyond his athletic capabilities. He just, he gets into a funk and he can't get out of it. And because Nebraska ball is Nebraska ball the past couple of years, he's had no supporting cast to really get him out of it. And I, you know, if he stays another year, that could be fixed. If not, who knows? But if he decides to go pro from what, what way it sounds like you're talking the chances of him going to the NBA are probably slim, but most likely he'll probably be going overseas, correct? Well, I actually think he will. He would, he would possibly, he, oh, he could make it to the G League. Um, I think he could possibly make it to, you know, a, a roster spot like 9 through 12, you know, that's possible. I, they, they, you know, he's really athletic, but if you can't shoot anymore in the NBA, they don't have a spot for you, and being pure defense is no longer a player position. Yeah, it's it's oh they went if you can't shoot you don't play, um, unless you're a superb defender, which I don't think he is. He fouls way too much, which drove me crazy during the season. He's a very um, emotional defender, that's for sure. Yes, and I, I'm like, what Tim Miles? Why can't you get him to? to play defense without fouling but you know Tim would know better than I would for sure no I agree I agree it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens but if we lose him we will be down to two guys from this past year Thor from Reykjavik Iceland and Deshaun Berg Jr. who sat out this past year um, he will be a junior I think he will have two years to play but he is literally the, the last the last of the of the recruits for Miles uh, to be playing. Pretty much everybody else is gone. Uh, you know, this last week we picked up Shamel uh, Stevenson, who via Pitt, via Nevada, he was at Nevada briefly. Um, he'll be coming in um, as a transfer. And then we have, uh, I hope to God you've got his name down. Here we go. I have Ivan. Ivan I'm going on. Drago. Yeah, Wade Drago. Ivan Wade Drago. There you go. And you want to call him Drago, right? Oh yeah, I think that'd be a great nickname for someone from France. You know, not <laughs> not going back to you know the Rocky movies or anything, but it'd just be a lot easier that way. And I, I think that you know we could. He needs a nickname. I think it's just got to happen. Just like you know, it's just Thor, like considering like. Yeah, well, Thor, because we can't pronounce his proper name. Yeah, the, the Icelandic names are got to be among the hardest, you know. It, it seems like it at that much. And it's a beautiful language, nonetheless. But but b- back back to Drago, uh, he just got picked up. He's 17 years old. He just turned 17 not too long ago. If he comes next year and plays, he'll be one of the younger NBA players by far at 17. And again, he's from France, the Bordeaux region of France. There's not a whole lot of video out there for him, at least not yet. I know you've watched some. What have you seen from him? Well, I think among, I'd like to ask him sometime. Your highlight video? Did you, did you, did you make that? You know, did you pick the music? Because it is the <laughs> first highlight video for a basketball player that. It was like solo piano, like a solo piano. Um, I thought it'd be perfect. Maybe that for, was him playing. 
it wouldn't surprise me. I thought it'd be perfect for a movie, you know, where the characters are staying up all night, uh, doing some important project that has to be done by the morning, you know, some very, you know, some kind of an, a highly intense solo piano. Um, it was very odd watching basketball and listening to that. Uh, that was, I thought the most important thing I got from that, um, his highlight video, but, um, but in all seriousness, the one thing, there's two things I got from it. Um, I, the first is I think he's going to become a crowd favorite for Nebraska. Cause why is that? Because he plays really hard and he is really physical even for a 17-year-old kid, um, I think he's 240 pounds, which he, I mean, a bit when he, by the time, you know, he leaves Nebraska, he's probably going to be 250, 260. And I was going to say, he'll uh, put on weight. Yeah. And he, he's probably not done throwing either. Well, I hope not. He's, you know, 6'8 is good, but I think he's got long arms. Uh, but the way he, he, how physical he is uh, around the hoop. Um, he'll kind of – he's not afraid of contact, which a lot of uh, high school players you see are um, because they don't need to I – mean, they're quick enough, they're athletic enough to get around someone or to get past someone so they don't have to deal with contact. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the transfer portal. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had quite a few players being told by – Fred Hoiberg, that they are no longer on the team. There's no place for them. Under the rules, and they're fairly new rules in the NCAA, a coach, a new coach is allowed to basically say that to a player. They lose their position on the team, but they keep their scholarship. So that brings up some questions. They, of course, lose... Okay, so like we stated, they lose their place on the team. So with that, they lose their academic support within the athletic department. They lose the tutors and all that stuff, and they become a regular student which, you know, is fair from the standpoint of that they get to keep their their scholarship, they have their way to school, but, you know, do the changes that come along with that, is that fair? Uh, they become a regular student. They've never had to be a regular student. Um, you know, to what extent can, can they utilize that efficiently? And, you know, does there, is there really a difference between being a student athlete and a regular student? You know, is there some fairness involved? A lot of people have come down on Hoiberg and other coaches to utilize this. Um, you know, is it is it fair? Some people said, well, Tim Miles would never have done that. Well, we, we don't know. And also, if Tim Miles wouldn't have done that, or if Tim Miles would have had the opportunity to do that, would he utilize it, and would he be better off? Hoiberg, in doing this, tells me that he wants to win. He wants to win early, and he knows he has to win early. I guess the big question is, you know, like, is this a fair rule and is it being abused? What do you think, Nate? Nate, what do you think of the uh, the transfer portal rules that we've just talked about? I think that the people who have problems with it, they may they maybe should ask whether Tim Miles would have done the same thing if he could have got better players in here. And... I do think it's somewhat unfair that, you know, if 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 you're not on a roster, that that you then lose all of the 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 uh, academic support. I don't think that's fair. Uh, but again, we don't know. I'm assuming on that part. Well, the NCAA 
has some ridiculous rules. And that wouldn't surprise me. They, they said, oh, actually, you know, if if you're not on scholarship in regards to on a roster spot, then you can't, you know, enjoy the benefits of being a student athlete. Well, I, I could totally see, see I, the NCAA saying that. Well, I, I could see the universities fully going along with it. I mean, if you're not a student athlete, why do they want you in that building? You know? Yeah, and the the, the difference for me is – you you want to be a student athlete you were but because the coach doesn't want you anymore you know i don't and i i I, and, I see both sides yeah no i and i do too and and people are coming down on on hoiberg on this but i i you know i've got a feeling to a certain extent frost was probably the same way with a lot of guys the difference being is that you've got 85 scholarship players versus 13 so i mean you know, there was, I think, what was it, something like 53. And by the way, I think this is the longest we've gone without talking about football on a okay. podcast. But no, it's great. I'm proud. I wish I would have timed it. But there was like 53 guys who did not transfer over from the previous year's roster into Scott Frost's first year as a head coach, I think. Something like that, right? Yeah. It's... There had to have been a handful of guys that Frost was like, you know, you can stay if you want, but there's no place for you on our roster. You know, there are seven walk-ons. But you just never hear. You never hear about that because it's football, and there's a million guys playing, whereas basketball, it's like, no, we have 13 spots, and I'm, you know, and there's not a place for you. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, I I think that, well, at least in regards to football, seven walk-ons are no longer there. And I don't remember the names of any of the walk-ons, but Frost said, yeah, you know, the walk-ons, it's, it's a very important spot, but they got to they gotta do their jobs. And if they can't, then they're taking up a spot and, we're, and we'll replace them. And so uh, the, the, the amount of pressure these coaches are on under the win, you know, you want to do things the right way, and it's hard to do things the right way when you get fired. With these people who are upset with Fred Hoiberg about how he's treating these players – do they think that Tim Miles had the opportunity to bring in better players and turn them down because um, he was so, you know, so loyal to the current players on the staff? I don't think so. So I think it's a good thing that Fred Hoiberg sees an opportunity to upgrade his roster and takes advantage of it. And I really like the idea or the thought that the kid doesn't lose his scholarship because I think – if the kid all of a sudden went from you know getting everything paid for to nothing, I think that then tips the scale the other way. But um, you mentioned that the student also loses some of the services, the academic services. I think that kind of you know makes me think twice a little bit. But most of these kids are going to be able to find a school to go to, and they're actually going to get a chance to play. Uh, they. We might be upset that Amir Harris is leaving and um, Hyman is leaving, but it sounds like they weren't going to get to play very much with some of the guys that Hoiberg was brought was bringing in. So, you know, it's I can see arguments on both sides, but in the end, Hoiberg is getting paid over three million dollars to put a winning basketball team in a Pinnacle Bank Arena and. He might have to, you know, cut some guys loose to do that. 
No, and, and you bring up some very good points, especially in regards to, you know, at the end of the day, this is Fred's team. Fred was brought in and hired and is getting paid to win. Now, I know the student-athlete end of it is very important, and I think the fact that they still have the opportunity to stay at the university with a scholarship is a good thing. But, you know, it they need to win. And if they don't win, he gets fired. And we have to get a new coach. And the school loses money. I mean, and when it comes down to it, what we're talking about here is money, right? Yep. I mean, money pushes these programs. I know it's not idea. I, idealistically, it's not a good thing to talk about, you know, in, in regards to this, you don't want to say that money drives everything, but a lot of what's going on here has to do with money. Nebraska went to the Big Ten for security, not just in a solid conference that, you know, doesn't get talked about, you know, folding every year, but also because there's a good source of money that they can use. And Nebraska is one of those few schools that, you know, I think everybody talks about. The athletic department gives back to university. And for as bad as the basketball team's been over the years, they've operated in the black. You know, they sell out more more years than not in Pinnacle Bank. And if they don't sell out, they're not too far off. And a lot has to do with, you know, the previous, you know, coaching staff and their ability to really pump the program and get people excited for it. Unfortunately, what happened on the court was not ideal, so that didn't work out. But at the end of the day, Fred needs to come in. He needs to put together a team that wins and wins early. And he needs to put players in the court that will help him do that. And, it, it, you know, if you don't even want – I mean, him basically telling these guys that they don't want him basically says that not only aren't you going to see playing time, but we really don't see a use for you on the practice of court either. Because that was one thing we always used to say, remember? You know, hey, he may not start right away. Hey, you know, he's a junior, but, you know, he's putting in – he's good size – He's putting in good time on, you know, on the court, in practice, you know, making these guys better. And, you know, Fred's looking at this team right now, this past year's team that's coming back and saying, you know, these guys, these guys don't have what it takes to move forward. Well, speaking of money, uh, if, you know, at some point these, these athletes are going to start getting paid in some way. And when they do, it's going to be even worse. And people... You know they gotta think about that. You know, I, you know, I, on the side that they should be getting compensated in some way, but you know, people are thinking that they're gonna treat these kids like they are now, like the student athlete that they are. I mean, it's gonna get even, even worse. So, you know, you feel for the kids, especially if you know them. Uh, I, I think if if it was one of my kids, I'd be pretty upset to think, okay, well. He was planning on spending four years, five years in Lincoln, and now, you know, Neil Harris is going to not Neil Harris, Amir Harris is going to uh, George Washington. I guess Great school, to home. Yeah. really good school. Like, yeah. if if nobody knows the D.C. area, George Washington is a very good school. It's kind of looked upon as kind of a Georgetown junior, and I think that has a lot to do with the proximity to Georgetown. But it's it's George Washington's a very good school academically, probably better than Nebraska. So don't feel bad for him on the academic side. If we heard about Brady Hyman, I don't, I don't think not yet, right? No. So I, I hope he finds somewhere to land. Um, so, well, you know, we'll, we'll find out. And, you know, of course, we wish him the best. But if if you have a chance to upgrade your roster, I think you got to do it. And unlike past coaching regimes, he's doing it early. In fact, he's doing it right away. 
And, you know, Tim Miles, when he came in, and no offense to current coach Doc Sadler, but there wasn't a whole lot to work with for Miles. And we all knew it. But at the same time, we all took it, also took it as, well, this is what he has to work with. And that's what he did. He took what he had and he moved forward. And that, you know, looking back, hindsight may not have been the best move. Fred, on the other hand, is literally coming in saying, this isn't going to work. I need to make it. I need to make something that does work. And he's making it happen. And last night, um, recording this two times, just for everybody's reminder, I said at the beginning of the podcast that this was a, a fun little, little uh, one to record. But last night, we got a commitment from a forward Kevin Cross out of uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Six foot eight, 240. Uh, did not get a whole lot of looks until his senior year when his team started getting good. And we beat the likes out of, uh, we, we beat his services, for his services, Oklahoma State and TCU. TCU is another school that we just beat a kid out for. But, you know, not historically great school, as we stated before. But still, they're becoming a better school. And Oklahoma State, you know, Nebraska beat them this last year. But, I mean, they're historically uh, have had good basketball teams. So he's going out there, and I think, what was it, he's pulled in eight guys now. And oh, eight, yeah. And, and eight guys who, it's not like we're, you know, like you know, like I said earlier, it's not like we're pulling them from, like, Charlotte. We're pulling them away from schools that are in top-level conferences, which yeah. is a new thing for Nebraska. Yeah, and uh, you know, Chris Hetty of the Home World Herald said that he thinks that Hoiberg has had 13 um, official visitors, and eight of them have committed. I mean, that's, that's huge. pretty. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, I think if it was Miles, you you think that maybe get two get or three, two. <laughs> maybe. Um, Miles had yeah, he had a five star. Uh, come and visit a couple of years ago. He ended up going to Duke. Um, and we thought, oh, maybe you have a chance. No, no, we, did, we didn't. But It was nice you know, of him to show up. Yes, yeah, so it was nice of him to come see Lincoln, Nebraska. But, you know, 8 out of 13 is really, really, really good. If anything, he went back and told Coach K that he needs to upgrade his facilities. And Coach K said, no, you're just going to come here anyways. Hey, you're going you're, you're gonna, to you're gonna take what we give you and we're going to win championships or come darn near close. Because I'm Coach K. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, you want to play on the U.S. national team? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, you're you're right. I mean, it's we've we've never historically, even going back to the Danny Knee years, we we wouldn't have probably gotten a sniff from a lot of these guys. But a lot of these, but we're talking about guys who, you know, not only have huge potential, but could very well come in and make an impact early on. Uh, we are looking at a team now. That was kind of, it's still up in the air, but I would say when he came on board, we're kind of going like, all right, there's a lot to work with. We're going to see what happens next year, too. It's a team who is still going to have bumps. It's still going to be rough, but they're going to have the athleticism and size to make up for it. Don't you think? Uh, athleticism, for sure. Skill, the, the level of the skill work, I think, is um, much higher. Uh, the size, of course, is the concern. You know, like you said, uh, I do believe Hoiberg knows what he's doing. I mean, I, I, you know, I can I can complain all I want about the lack of size, but Hoiberg, he like, he brought in thirteen guys, and it's not like he thought, oh, I'll just bring in these random 
you know, players. He's, you know, uh, Abdomassi. That's another word or last name. You know, he has. We're going to have to do an entire podcast based on based on how to pronounce all these guys' names. Yes. And, uh, well, you know, Abdomassi is. Not just for our listeners, but also for us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's the assistant coach for Hoiberg, who has connections everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, From St. John's. Yep, from St. John's, and he was an alum at St. John's, and he still decided to come here with Hoiberg. So, he he knows he what he's looking for. He, wall, though. What? <laughs> he might have seen the writing on the wall. <laughs> yes, that's true. You know, it's gonna be hard to to leave your alum, you know, the place you graduated from. But you know, he knows what Hoiberg wants. So, hey, I you know, trust in Hoiberg at this point. No, I agree. I agree. It seems like he's 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 got a plan and he's utilizing it to the best of his ability. And I think, you know, Nebraska ball, Nebraska basketball will do nothing but benefit from it. As far as I can tell, again, it's early and next year is not going to be perfect, nowhere near. But he's at least putting something together that looks like it's going to be good at least sometime in the in the fairly near future. To, so. So, yeah, no. What else you got, sir? Not much on my end, you know. That's kind of it. I mean, it's there, there's a lot to talk about. We've got more to talk about, but to condense everything down, I I think we hit upon some pretty hot, pretty hot areas for our listeners today. Um, I can again, we'll do more next week, but you know, with all these guys coming in, I think people need to realize the type of talent that's coming in and the circumstances, especially with this transfer portal, which is new for pretty much everybody. And the ramifications that come along with it. So, well, that's all I got. You got anything else, sir? I think we'll, you know, do a little self promotion. Uh, I think we have a Twitter account. We do. Uh, yes. And do you remember the handle? No, I Is made it bangs it, and I dags. I think it's at bangs and dags. I think <laughs> bangs and dang bangs and dangs. Dang, yeah. Bang, yeah. Well, you know, it was we'll a, put it. We'll put it in the article. Yep, and and uh, follow us. And I think we're going to be using that, especially during the basketball season. Maybe I'll live tweet some games, or you know, we'll do some fun stuff. So we'll I think some stuff. We're followed by Ken Pavelka, so you know, it's a good start. He found us somehow, so you know, that, that's going to mean something. We followed him. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Come on, you have to tell everyone that, but you know. yeah, no, 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 no. That, that's that's how this works. That's how this works. Um, but yeah, no, and also follow Coronation it's a Twitter account. Find follow us at coronation.com and uh, yeah, listen to us. Listen to Five Heart Podcast and um, read all our articles. We put a lot of effort into it, don't we, Nate? Oh yeah, a ton. Especially the football. You guys are you guys are hot, hot and hot and loaded right now for all the articles coming out, right? Oh yeah, I mean we're pumping out one or two a week. <laughs> Just gotta be, gotta, gotta be in, in, in between the um, movie articles and the Nebraska historical articles, which today best one came out. Antioch, go check out, check out Antioch. Our fearful leader John Johnson wrote a really great article on the potash boom back in the back in the teens, the nineteens. I'll, I'll have to check that out. It's a good article. So, anyway, that's all we got, and uh, hope to see you next week. <laughs>